Welcome to the Nexus Podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Jeroge, and today's topic is about side hustles. Is the hustle worth the hassle? Our guest is Mr. Crispin Kinini, owner of Sherehe Caterers, which he started as his side hustle while working as an MBA program administrator, and now it's become his main job. He's going to share with us the valuable experiences of what it takes to start a side hustle without jeopardizing your current job or your future. So, Crispin, welcome to the Nexus. Thank you very much, Jotham. Um, so, from my observation, um, people go into side hustles because of one or two, one of two reasons, if not both. The first is that they want to supplement their current income to basically boost what they already get from a normal employment. And the other reason is that their job is kind of monolithic, and so they want to make use of other talents that they have, to make business use of other talents. Uh, so, Crispin, is that analysis true, or do you think that there are other reasons why someone would want to start a side hustle? Well, both reasons are very true. Mm-hmm. The, the first one more than the second one, that uh, mm-hmm. most people go into side hustles to supplement their income. Yes. That is one of the uh, most common and uh, most basic uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. And people will get uh, hobbies when they find mm-hmm. what, what they do monolithic. Yeah. But then wh- what also happens is that hobbies can turn into uh, professions, uh, into hustles. Yeah. So you find people who who, who like hiking mm-hmm. or who like camping and, you know, do it a lot. And then before too long, they realize, well, I can make money while, while at it. Yeah. So one, one other reason that uh, leads into a high side hustle is uh, finding uh, solutions to a problem. I mean, that's that's like uh, the most basic and the best way to start a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you go through, uh, you know, a phase and you're trying to get a solution and you find uh, nothing ready in the market, mm-hmm. and then you decide, well, I mean, we could we could solve this. Uh, like I have a friend mm-hmm. who, uh, whose wife uh, runs a company called Nanakia. so she she she's into you know, the baby products. Yes. And the, the, kind, the kind of baby products she does are like uh, packets for breast milk, for storing breast milk. Mm-hmm. So how, how she said this is when she got her first baby and she was trying to get, you know, a, a, a good way of storing baby milk because yes. when you're on maternity leave, you have supplies. Yeah. And when you go back to work after maternity leave, you uh, demand is higher than supply. So you, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you try to close that gap by storing as much as you can in the early days. Yeah. So what was available in the market were containers. And then, so the, the flip side of containers is that they will take so much space in the freezer. You can only store so much. Yeah. So with, with, when she was going through this is when she came up with the, with the paper, you know, Ziploc papers. Uh, properly stylized for baby milk. Yes. And and she started bringing them, I, I think, as one of the first, or if not the first person who brought them. And that's how her 
Her hustle started and became a main hustle. So now her products are available in almost all supermarkets. And yeah, it started with a problem that, I mean, she picked on. So I don't think she actually went back to her, her maternity. So, <laughs> wow, it, so it was. <laughs> yeah, it took yeah. off and yes. And, and so it also helped that her, her husband was, was also doing well in business. So, mm-hmm. so the, I, I guess the capital wasn't a big problem. But you see, the product she had, and mm. at the age at which she was, at most of our friends were going through the same challenge. Yeah. So these Ziploc bags are bags you freeze and you put it flat and you can stack so many in the yeah. freezer mm-hmm. and store uh, many more liters in in a small space than than uh, with a container. So I mean that that's that's an example of how a, a side hustle can start uh, with a problem. So as, as you know, when you're struggling, when 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 you when you try to look for something, and and you can't find it in the market, mm-hmm. that's an opportunity. Okay, that, yeah. that's very interesting because it shows precisely the entrepreneurship side of side hustles. That it's not just yeah. that somebody feels oppressed with their current job, and yes. so they're just finding a way of supplementing that income. But it precisely comes from the, the there's a sort of entrepreneurial spirit which is finding a problem or encountering a problem and finding an innovative solution to it and eventually that exercise of problem solving which is many times enjoyable ends up becoming your your main job Um, yeah that's very interesting and um now just going back now to uh, like the first situation somebody who just wants to supplement the income now a friend of mine started a side hustle yeah. And the side hustle was actually of the same nature as his current job, so yes, I won't I won't say what kind of job it was, so as not yeah. to expose <laughs> who this might have been. But yes. uh, the problem was that he got fired. He got fired for underperforming in his main job. He was dedicating a lot more time and resources to his side hustle than to his main job, and he underperformed and got fired. Um, so basically, how do you decide uh, from your experience how do you decide what amount of time and resources should go into the side hustle such that it doesn't compromise your current job okay uh, one of the things you have to do when you you take up a side hustle mm-hmm. is is to have a clear way of separating between your employment and your side hustle you decide if um I mean, you, you're basically moving, going into a situation where you're working two jobs. There, there are no two questions about it. So you have to decide how to create them more time. So an, an ethical way of, of doing it is stealing from your employer. <laughs> that, is, that is unethical. But you, you realize that if, if you build your side hustle on... Um, on stealing mm-hmm. is that you 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 building it on a on a rocky foundation in the sense that even your first employees will see how disciplined or how principled you are or how uh, not principled you are based on how you you treat your main hustle uh, versus your your side hustle yeah. if even simple things as invoices quotations if if the invoices or quotations to be printed and you're printing them in the office, I mean, paper is a small thing. 
but then it, it shows i mean how you're going about it and yeah you, you don't even need to talk to them about it they will see yeah so and the example you said will send will set the tone for your business and and if you if you if you if your employees see that you you know you're robbing either from uh, your current employer or or you do you, you cut corners and steal from your clients Mm-hmm. They, they will definitely steal from you. Yeah. So, but, and you will have taught them by example. So one of the, the key things is, is to separate. So you decide uh, if I have to respond to customer queries, especially the, the written, you know, emails, uh, quotations, invoices, I'll do it in my free time. Yeah. I, I, I will, I will if, if, if there's a season that I know that has, you know, uh, is very demanding, I will plan to take my leave then. Yes. Uh, one of the things I did when I started Shirekitara is uh, I was working at uh, MBA, uh, as an MBA administrator at SBS. And the key advantage I had then was we had flex years because yes. the MBA classes would run uh, until 8.30. So is, is, uh, most of the days you're working until 9 p.m. So you'll find some days where you're supposed to report uh, at 11 mm-hmm. times at 12. So one of the things I did is that I'll report earlier, uh, Monday to Thursday, so that on Friday, I'm, I'm just reporting maybe at 2, uh, just in time to, you know, uh, sort out uh, last-minute arrangements for the class at 5.30. Mm-hmm. But then in the morning, I'll be in the market there running after I'm cocotelling with yeah. <laughs> supplies for the, the job on Saturday because when we started, we started the wedding. Mm-hmm. So that helped. But then with time, I realized this is not sustainable because you end up, you know, having serious fatigue. You end up having difficulty balancing, especially now that MBA classes will also run on Saturday. And some days you have the event. So it's not every time you will get somebody to, you know, sit in for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually decided to resign from the job and take up another role still in the university at SRCC. Mm-hmm. And this time, because I knew what I was doing, I, I negotiated with my new boss. I mean, I was going to work Monday to Thursday. Yeah. So I had a four-day four working week for over a year. Yeah. So in, 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 in the process, I... Took uh, effectively took a pickup, but those those are the things that you have to look at and try and balance. Try and uh, you know uh, agree that you know you have to invest uh, to be able to grow. And, yeah. and part of the investment is deciding that look, I will not steal from my employer. I mean, mm-hmm. by starting a side hustle, if you want the side hustle to grow, is that you you're stepping in into being an employer as well. Yeah. So you cannot be stealing from your uh, employer and hoping to be, you know, an, em- an employer who is successful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's some really uh, good advice, um, especially the part of not building your side hustle on, on theft. Because <laughs> yeah. it's true, yeah. Um, it's very tempting to use office resources for yeah. your own things. I mean, yeah. there's a printer already there. There's a credit maybe you get every month and things like that. But yeah, having it very clear, in fact, I think helps precisely when you decide to switch. Yes. Um, 
the finances will be very clear cut and uh, you will know precisely how much you need to invest rather than lying to yourself um, by yes. um, investing things that are really not yours. Also, in regard to something that you mentioned, that your friend uh, got into a similar side hustle to what you was employed to do, is that, yeah. I mean, you have to be very clear, look at the clauses in your contract, see what they say about conflict of interest. Mm-hmm. Also be very, you know, direct and know, I mean, uh, where to draw the line because mm-hmm. I mean it, it, it's very tempting for you to take up a side hustle that is related to your main hustle and then you will get into temptations of especially stealing clients from your main employer mm, yeah yes so and and that uh, will definitely uh, be a source of trouble yeah 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 mm-hmm. and um, when you see that your side hustle, is actually bigger than your main hustle or your main job. Uh, yes. When and how should you smoothly make that jump or that transition? Um, I think uh, first you have to check that you can sustain yourself with a side hustle mm-hmm. because uh, it's it's difficult uh, for you to really jump ship when you know you're you're fully uh, reliant on a job that cannot sustain you is is what eventually you will you will end up doing is a shortchanging the clients because i mean you receive payment for jobs that you know and and then your landlord is on your back you haven't paid rent i mean you have arrears so you will end up uh, uh, cutting corners so one of the key things is to ensure that i mean your business has gotten to a to a point where it can sustain itself. And taking uh, uh, that takes us back to what you had mentioned. If, if you built your side hustle on, you know, your main hustle resources, mm-hmm. you might not even know the true cost of your side hustle. You might think that it's profitable when it's not. Yeah. So is that you have to, you know, do proper accounting. I, I, I had the benefit of uh, being having done ACCA and uh, completed. So I, I was able to do my own accounting. But then not all of us have the advantage of having a background in accounting. Mm-hmm. But accounting is very key. I mean, you notice that practically every course in the university will have, even if it's you know some basic accounting for beginners, yeah. is that, that is very key. Because when you have figures we are talking, even when you're talking to your mentor, about you know yeah, moving from your side hustle or making your side hustle the main hustle is that they'll mostly uh, most likely ask uh, do you know how much you spend in a month how much are you making in a month so if you're not doing accounting for the business you might think you you're making money mm-hmm. and 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 the possibly is that what you're looking at is yourself you're saying uh, mm-hmm. last month I did a job for six hundred thousand. But yeah. probably doing that job for six hundred thousand cost you five hundred and ninety thousand KC. So in <laughs> what you did was not a job of six hundred K, it's a job of ten K. Yeah. So and probably maybe your rent is double that. So it means you will not be able to 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 do it. And one of the things that uh, has I found really useful when I started the, the, the side hustle was when I got into employment, 
I had gotten prepared and I was told, look, if you handle your full salary, be sure you will consume all of it. So yeah. before I even started my side hustle, that I had joined a circle. Ah. So in the circle, I used to save a good chunk of my salary because I was saying, look, I am not used to handling this kind of money. Let me just go. Yeah. So, and f- for close to one year, I had saved a good amount. And yeah. after one year, I realized that the circle, you can borrow three times of yeah. what you say. So before you start a side hustle, uh, before you think of a side hustle, is that make sure that you're not trying to save in your bank account because uh, we all know that is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that before any month comes, and you'll be broke. Yeah. But especially when you when you've just started employment, it's mm-hmm. good to be part of a circle, especially now that around uh, in this country circles work very well. Very few actually collapse, and the ones that will collapse, you know about. Uh, you know beforehand, you're always suspicious. Uh, so, other than that, if you are a finance guy and you're into money market funds, it's also a good way of saving. But then the challenge with money markets is that uh, that money is it can be available to you on demand. So, is yeah. that you, you find that you will, you will get tempted. You will keep getting your hand into the cookie jar. And then when yeah. the side hustle like, idea comes, is that you will you will ask the question that all the people who want to get into side houses get. They say, "I have a good idea, but I don't know how to finance it." Yeah, but that means you you didn't take advantage of you know the the you know the the time when you are you are making money when you are in employment. So I, I don't guess, know if I answered your question. Uh, yes, yes, you have, and actually, it's just brought to mind that idea that. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who's an investor. Um, he, invests, yes. he invests in futures, and he told me that one problem he finds with young people who is trying to train into yes. that line of work is the discipline. Uh, the discipline yes. to precisely keep your hand uh, away from the cookie jar, <laughs> yes. not to eat into your own savings. And uh, a good yes. way, actually, is what you suggested, to put it in a circle. And so, um, yes. yeah, in fact, if you can link that directly to, to your payroll such that it's, uh, an, an, an amount goes directly there without you even, yes. without it having passed through your hands and you feeling it yes. <laughs> going somewhere else. <laughs> um, and yes. especially with the temptation that if the side, if the idea for the side hustle or your future profession has not yet come to you, you may feel that yes. you're, you're, you're not really putting your money into any good use. Um, yes. Uh, something you've mentioned actually has also interested me that accounting is key, and uh, I was quite pleasantly surprised to find uh, a number of very good free accounting courses. In fact, I did one. Uh, I did the first part yes. of one on just um, what a balance sheet is, and because <laughs> uh, because I never did any accounting in my in my whole university yeah. studies, uh, and I found that yeah. very useful. So, uh, yeah. are there, you could, could you say that there are some basic business skills one needs to develop before going into a side hustle? I mean, apart from accounting, what are some other business skills or life skills in general that one needs to, to have? Okay, most of the basic uh, skills that you require to run a side hustle mm-hmm. is that you will get them for free from your main hustle. 
And one of them is communication, handling of customers, handling of, you know, positive and negative feedback. You know, those things you, you, you're going through in your main hustle mm. are going to be so, so useful in your side hustle. I mean, by you uh, going into a side hustle means that you're probably somewhere in some formal employment. Those yeah. skills that you're getting in the main hustle are, are, are very, very important. And probably that you're working for a big organization, bigger than you know your side hustle would be. If I would compare you in a side hustle uh, with somebody who uh, you know leaves campus and doesn't take up employment and goes into a hustle, you find that that guy has rough edges. Yeah. That guy will, will not know how to you know handle employees very well because he's never been employed. Yeah. He, he will not know what what a good boss is like. He'll, he will not have the advantage of you know having been able to compare you know a, a bad boss and a good boss. And one of the key things in uh, inside households is you know uh, accounting, managing of human resources. Is that probably is that. In your in your side hustle uh, is that you you'll be the HR for for a very long time. You you will be the HR long after it has become your main hustle because yeah. I mean those those are some of the positions that you will not be able to go out there and hire professionals until you become you know much bigger. Is that if you're probably in a in a hustle that uh, has employed uh, anywhere. Below thirty employees, I mean, you you may not be able to, and depending on what kind of job you do. So yeah. those are uh, interpersonal skills that will be key. You know, handling clients, handling uh, employees. I mean, also appreciating that you know your your biggest assets are not, you know, the equipment you invest in, the you know land that you may have. You, your biggest assets for any business will be human resource. And especially if you go into a side hustle that you hope to scale up, I mean, you, not everything has to pass through your hands. I mean, you have to have people who can do the job uh, as well as you can do it. Ah. Yes. That, that, that's, that's interesting because I remember when, when we met uh, last year and you, we basically talked about the same topic. You mentioned that in your case, friends, uh, some of whom were colleagues at work, were very important in starting your side hustle. And um, this is actually yeah, what, what you're saying now, that um, that you, you need to know how to deal with people. But I just want to focus on yeah. that side of, of friendship, that uh, what, what role do friends and relations play in the side hustle? Okay. Um, I mean, even if you, you hope to say that start a side hustle that you will market, you know, online, or I mean, your first contact, your first uh, contact will be your family and your friends. Those will be your your first uh, market. Yeah. So the hardest uh, clients to handle are your friends because. For example, when I started my side hustle, yeah. is that one of the guys I tried to convince to uh, let us cook for his wedding was one guy who eventually became uh, my best man. So I tried to convince him, <laughs> uh, though unsuccessfully, we became very good friends. But yeah. uh, why, why I say this is that uh, you, your friends know you very well. So they, they know 
uh, your weak points, they know things you may overlook beforehand, and then when they receive your final product, they know, ah, I, I figured this will look like this, or this will be presented like this. That's how that guy is. And mm. uh, I mean, you you have to be very careful about how you handle the initial customers. Those are the ones that can make or break your side hustle because they are like the first triple. If the first triple is not strong enough, I mean, it will die off uh, very fast. So, and especially if they are disappointed, I mean, they will not market you. If they are happy, they will, they will definitely be happy to, you know, to to market you. So, is that you have to start? I mean, the, the beginning is the hardest because is when you have your inexperience. It's it's when you have very few, uh, little resources. It's when you're working, you know, a main job is when you you're doing this basically as a side hustle. So. That's when you have to burn the midnight oil. That's where you have, you know, to do your best and, yeah. and not compromise the quality. You know, give uh, value for money, and then those friends become now your agents. They're, they're the people you can uh, convert into your uh, hustle ambassador. Yeah. So, <laughs> and any time they think they think of a service that you offer as a side hustle, I mean, the first person who comes to mind is you. And mm. one of the the, the Worst things you or the worst positions you ever want to put a friend into is when they recommend you to somebody and the person is not happy. So the person they run back to is your friend. So yeah. if, if they refer somebody with, you know, and put in a good word and then uh, somebody comes back uh, grabbing their collar like they're the person who had delivered the, the service. Yeah. They will not. They will not recommend you to anyone else. Yeah, yeah. So friends are key, but I mean, you have to take care. You have to make sure that they get the best. Yeah, and actually, that's interesting because since they're your friends, there could be a temptation to offer a not so quality service because they're your yeah. friends anyway. You know, I mean, they like you whether you do a good job or not. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think there's also an equal danger now of, of, of that friendship in terms of uh, them taking advantage of the fact that you are their friend and so they will not expect to pay you maybe as promptly or as as well as for, for that kind of professional service. So what did you have to yes. say about, about that other side? Uh, well, I mean, those are the normal challenges. So there are friends who will not support you. And support you at a fair price. So, is when you decide uh, again, this takes us back a bit to accounting. When you decide your pricing, uh, I mean, you may have seen this meme of, of a guy who is hawking some offer, and and uh, somebody comes and asks, uh, "What is the price of uh, this samosa?" And the guy who stops and says, uh, uh, "Check your inbox." So, <laughs> one of the things <laughs> that, that you may have seen also online is people don't want to come out openly and, you know, state what their pricing is. And uh, it's because they think they can get a different price from different people, mm-hmm. which uh, is, is not a good approach because the moment uh, one client meets uh, another client who's bought from you, uh, same product or same service, and they realize they, they got uh, a totally different price. 
um, that creates a bad trip. Yes. So if you put your pricing out there, it means that uh, it means that everyone knows that this is what everyone gets for. I'm not getting this because I am so and so or because I look like so and so. Mm-hmm. I am getting it because this is what uh, this product is costed at. This yeah. is this pricing for everyone. So yeah. that will also help you with your friends who would have taken advantage of you. Mm-hmm. You could decide to give them a small discount, but then they know this is what you give. I mean, at times you could even advertise and say this is an offer. So mm-hmm. the guy is is is. Uh, I mean, it's it's human. It's Kenyan to bargain. Yeah. We we feel that. <laughs> We have gotten value by <laughs> by, by bargaining. So, yeah. so, it doesn't have to be a small discount. But when your pricing is out there, it means that this guy also is not wondering, is he charging me too much? Mm. So, yeah. Okay. That, that's very good advice. Now, when you are starting your side hustle, did you already have a family to look after? I mean, basically... What are some of those risks uh, of starting a side hustle apart from uh, it collapsing or or you getting fleeced? I mean, now on the on on the side of uh, now more existential matters, what are some of the risks? One of them you mentioned is you have to uh, burn the midnight oil. So I guess yeah. there's an aspect there of your own personal health. You you may burn yeah. out precisely because yeah. of that. But um, uh, what are some of the other bigger picture kind of risks or bigger picture realities that are at risk when you are basically doing two jobs? Okay. Um, when I started my side hustle, uh, I was, I was uh, dating my wife. Mm-hmm. So that helped in the sense that uh, when I decided to jump ship, mm-hmm. the risks were not very high. Uh. So the younger, the better. But I mean, it's not uh, necessarily that if you have a family, then you cannot live on planning for your finances. If you're doing proper accounting, you can get, you can say, can this business sustain me and my family? Mm-hmm. So you can, you can, you can look at the books and decide. So, and also with the, with the advantage of saying that if I'm leaving my employment to make my side hustle, my main hustle, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give it more time. I'll be able to invest more time. So it means that you will be able to even do better. Yeah. So um, the, the best and the ideal point to start a, a side hustle is as early as possible. Yes. But later also what? But then one of the key things for, for, for any business, any investment, any uh, hustle, whether side or main, is to, to start it small, to mm-hmm. not risk too much. Yeah, because I mean, uh, if if you're in employment and you decide to start something, and the moment the idea hits you, you already draft your resignation letter. <laughs> <laughs> so you could be you could be risking too much because yeah. I mean, there's there's something about ideas in the head. They they, they make you edgy, and I mean. <laughs> And there's a thing also with men. Yes. <laughs> with our, our risk appetite can get out of hand. Yes. So you, you, you have to get a balance. And, and one of the things that I thank my wife for is, is her risk averseness. Because, uh-huh. okay. Yes. I mean, 
I, I am I am a serious risk taker. So, I mean, the day I got the idea, I, I think I wanted to jump ship. And <laughs> when I <laughs> I spoke to my mom, I spoke to my wife, and my wife to be then. I mean, they both helped me put my feet on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a thing with women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you have to take a balance. And then if you can't start small, even if the idea looks, you know, extremely brilliant, you know, don't mm-hmm. uh, go out there and, you know, uh, borrow money that you cannot repay with, mm-hmm. without the business being able to repay for it. And then, you know, investing everything in such a business. I mean, we thank God we started catering and it took off. But even I have started many food businesses. I tried my hands at a butchery and I would move on a good day four kilos of meat. That was not enough even to pay the employees. <laughs> so, yeah. But thank God we, we had not put in any good. We, we were paying a small rent of 15000 a month. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we tried and we didn't work out. I tried investing big in a restaurant in town. I paid massive goodwill. I was paying huge rent. I mean, mm-hmm. that thing in two weeks, I knew this is a disaster. Yeah. This is a disaster. And I had more or less consolidated everything I had and everything I was going to get in the future in the form of loans. Yeah. And yes, and, and, and uh, that, that was a big lesson. I mean, uh, you, you don't want to go through that. So if you can do things small and also try things, if you have brilliant ideas, I mean, don't don't shy out away. I mean, one of the things is the, you don't want to be the opposite, the extreme opposite of a risk taker, where you, you know you just sit and and you're comfortable and you're and you're happy. So I mean, that means that you may never grow, you may never achieve your your potential. You'd be like that guy who buried his talent. Yeah. Yeah. And actually on that, um, could you maybe just tell us in in a very uh, quick way uh, as we are winding up what the value of failure is? Because it seems that you, you have had some very valuable lessons from failure. And I mean, is it that failure is necessarily part of of um, of, of the learning curve? Okay, well, well uh, one of the biggest failures uh, for me in, in business was was the restaurant we, we tried out in town. I mean, it, it looked big. And when I was going for it, I mean, my biggest worry was how to keep my feet on the ground when I eventually become a very successful hotelier uh, <laughs> in town. I, I, you were seeing I, I, the success even before you had started. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> in fact, that, that was my biggest concern. I, I never for one moment thought that it was going to be as big a failure as it was. Yes. And when I look back and looking back at how much I sunk, I, I mean, I think I haven't done, I, I, I am sure I haven't done a master's, but mm-hmm. that, that was my MBA. <laughs> that was your MBA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that took me a lot. That, that took me a lot. Now, when I even look at potential uh, opportunities, I always look at what, what if this doesn't work out? 
I mean, you really—I mean, you become your own devil's advocate. You, you start looking at potential people. Am I am I going to be risking too much? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to do that. And I mean, if, if if the idea seems very brilliant, and I mean, it keeps burning, it doesn't, it refuses to go away. Then start small. You don't have to put, you know, everything into it. Mm-hmm. If necessary, go into a partnership. Start start it with somebody. Uh, consult widely. I mean, also, you know, check out people who are in the same business. See, I mean, if it's something that uh, is worth risking. Mm-hmm. So failures have, I mean, and especially that one has taught me a lot. Nowadays, when I I look at potential investments, I, I mean, I, I have walked away from many so far. Mm-hmm after that yeah wow um so unfortunately that's all the time we have for for yeah. today uh, yes. but we have really taken some valuable lessons from from this podcast one of uh, a number of them is for instance what you said uh, don't build your side hustle on stealing <laughs> yes. uh, also mm-hmm. you have to invest to grow um, accounting yeah. is key yes. uh, i liked this one of uh, learning from your current job, uh, maybe you can even yeah. call it learn while you earn, <laughs> and yeah. also just um, don't burn your bridges uh, behind you. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know the feeling of adrenaline that can come when when some brilliant idea just pops in your mind, yeah. and and yeah, you want to to go all out, put all your resources in it. And so I, I like what you say about starting small and and yeah. don't and don't just burn your bridges behind you. Yes. Um, yeah. So, is is there anything, maybe a, a parting shot on just this whole issue of side hustles? Uh, I think um, one of the things that I find difficult to say because I'm an employer mm-hmm. is that <laughs> employment will never pay you as much as you can make on your own. I mean, if I mean, and it's it's simple logic. If you work for anyone and you bring in a uh, hundred days. They will reward you with maybe twenty years mm-hmm. and uh, and keep the eighty. So, yeah. I mean, when you run your own business, you create employment, you achieve your full potential in the sense that you're rewarded for your you're fully rewarded for your effort. Mm-hmm. But uh, the the flip side is that you're also fully rewarded for your lack okay, of effort. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Lack of effort, as you say. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Crispin, and I'm really glad to have had you for this session of the Nexus podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please remember to subscribe and also to check out our website. That's www.bagathistudycenter.org slash nexus. There you'll find out more about what we do at Bagathi, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to bagathistudycenter at gmail.com.